1: welcome to a brand new episode of what's going down here wherever you get your podcasts or on patreon ad free my name is kenny joined as always by mr finley martin finn how are you this fine tuesday yeah i'm all right kenny yeah not bad how's yourself i'm good i'm good i'm just i'm all moved in and i was all it's funny i was all set for us to to talk about backlash and raw and i'm now just kind of in a deep dive of of jungle boy have you have you read the the jungle boy drama For the love of wrestling i believe
0: he was at and there was um there was some people had complained that he wasn't very cordial and friendly and Mm
1: -hmm. just a bit aloof and maybe maybe even rude can we use that word well and that's kind of how he was described i mean obviously you know You do have to accept, and you know, because I've ran events, right? And you do kind of need to accept sometimes that sometimes customers expect more than what an interaction is going to be. And sometimes they're annoyed that they didn't get, you know, exactly what they wanted in their mind. But, you know, on Jim Cornette's podcast, he had one of his listeners write in saying that, you know, the guy had paid for like a package that got like a selfie and a voice note from Jungle Boy. And he was at the front of the queue. and say how much that would have cost? He didn't say, but I mean, I assume maybe it's like 60 quid to okay. get the selfie, the voice note, whatever. So the guy said, oh, hey, it's really good to meet you, blah, blah. Um, I've just got a selfie and uh, can I get a voice note just from a podcast? You know, and I mean, what, what harm is it going to be for Jungle Boy to say, hey, this is Jungle Boy, you're listening to what's going down, right? Nothing. And he said, I'll do the selfie, but I'm not doing the voice note. And then the girl who was working the booth said, oh, it's actually included in the price, and he just shrugged his shoulders. And refused to do it, even when she pointed this out to him. And refused to do it. Oh, dear. And then he was doing a Q&A. It's, it's actually on YouTube, uh, the Monopoly Vince YouTube channel. And I mean, I've not watched it yet, but I'm going on the fact that it's been reported multiple places, so I assume this has happened, because why else would people lie? But um, he was asked about if he would work with CM Punk. And it's actually worth watching the clip because it's like, you know, tell me you're friends with the Young Bucks without telling me your friends with the Young Bucks. It's basically the message that you kind of get from it. Does not want to answer the question. <laughs> basically refuses to answer it. Um, then there's a, another bit where he apparently has a go at Billy Gunn. Because <laughs> somebody asks about, you know, what producers do you talk to, you know, to go over your, ma- to, you know, help you improve your matches and stuff. And at one point he just says, and I, I, I don't know the tone, so maybe he was joking, but even joking, you know, you can tell it must be a, a veiled thing where he says, oh, but well, I, I wouldn't speak to Billy Gunn because he just thinks that, you know, a, everything everything from a Canadian destroyer onwards is bad or something. He says, so wait a minute, <laughs> you don't want to listen to the guy who has managed to do this at a high level and be successful for 35 years. But you, you, you're happy. And then he said he, he, he talks to Luchasaurus a lot about his matches. Then he talks about how his pre-match ritual is vomiting in a bucket backstage. Right. But only for big matches, not for ones he doesn't care about. And then someone said to him, well, if you if you were going to die, what would be the last wrestling match you'd ever watch? And he said, I couldn't think of anything worse if I was about to die than watching a wrestling match. Why would I do that? <laughs> you're like, this guy, I mean, what, 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 I just don't get it. I don't understand why you would be so sort of like. It's, like it's above it
0: all, isn't it? Yeah. It's like he, his participation in pro wrestling is, you know, we should be worshipping the ground he walks on because he's actually in wrestling and he could be doing something far more productive or interesting with his life. Well, I, tell you this,
1: he... I tell you this, I've seen his personality and acting's not his calling. i tell you that right now. No, well, that's fairly
0: obvious from the character that he plays on television. And, um, you know, guys' promos have been exposed badly in this current programme that's going on at the moment. You know, this we're going to have the four-way, aren't we, at... The next AEW event, of course. And, um, nothing, yeah. and I just feel like he does. He's not. I mean, if I, my ego was through the roof, then it certainly wouldn't be at the moment. Given uh, if I was the focal point of the promotion, Um, looking at the re- recent ratings performances for Dynamite and Rampage. I mean, Dynamite, Dynamite last week drew seven hundred and seventy-six thousand viewers. Um. I mean, I know it was up against competition, but Dynamite's always up against some form of competition. And that there is a poor number. And he was in the main event. And this was MGF's second TV match of the year, Kenny, I
1: believe. Yeah, the big the big tag match. And I feel, you know, I think if you look at the the four the three people involved in this Four Pillars match, the least interesting yeah. person is Jungle Boy. Is
0: Jungle Boy, absolutely. I mean, the character is just. As a baby face, I just think he comes across kind of surly, and he just does not strike me as that he's not a warm character. There's no warmth. He doesn't project, you know, geniality. He's not somebody that you think, wow, you know, what a great guy Jungle Boy is. <laughs> I, I really hope he shuts MGF's mouth and wins the title. I mean, and this is going to have done his cause no good at all. No. Because, I mean, like he's
1: if you cause, uh, con uh, you know Adam Cole was getting rave reviews at the, the convention FTR were getting great reviews Ruby Soho you know people who are who who are really happy to be there and, and whatever. So, see, and also see if you don't want to do it just don't take the booking just exactly don't like, take the gig i mean i think i think i think Jack Perry could be like a model if he wanted to be like I, you know he, he, i'm sure he could do something like that because it wouldn't involve him having to show any personality and <laughs> that would probably and you know, he wouldn't have to, he wouldn't have to, you know, and he, and he could be quite moody and grumpy and that would sell for him. So maybe yeah, exactly. that's important. And he wouldn't have to interact with the little people. I know. So I, I mean, mean, the little people, mean...
0: you know, I mean, you should all just be thankful that he's even doing this wrestling thing. <laughs>
1: so,
0: I mean, I just think this type of attitude, I mean, there's been wrestlers like this since the dawn of time who've had an attitude with yeah. the public and there always will be. Um, I mean the difference in the old days was you could get away with it, and very few people would hear about it. Now it's everywhere and everyone knows about it. So, but I mean, I mean, a lot of it is really this is down to Tony Khan and the lack of discipline there. And it's just yeah. like we know CM Punk's returning. This is going to be a big deal for AEW. And um people who work for AEW, even if they don't like the man. You know, should be promoting him. You know, especially based on this re- recent ratings performance, rampage last week, two hundred ninety-four thousand viewers. I mean, it's just that's you know, if you're part of the AEW um, family, you know, even if you don't like CM Punk, you should be promoting his return or at least saying things about his. I mean, I know you're not; they're not allowed to say anything publicly yet, but um, at be least be coy, the- even be
1: coy about just kind of go, you know. If I got in there with CM Punk, he'd, he'd have his hands full or something that just exactly. kind of. Exactly. You could do it with a
0: nod and a little wink, you know, and just do it, just sort of kind of kayfabe bit. Yeah. Um, something. Exactly. But it's all about being professional and put your personal, leave your personal feelings at the door. And this type of thing does not bode well for Punk's return. And, um, you know, it does indicate that maybe they'll have to be kept on separate programs. To avoid a repeat of what we saw last year at all out or what we heard about occurring last year at all out. Um but yeah, I mean Tony Khan, I've got no confidence at all in him stepping in and saying something to Jack Perry about this. Someone needs to someone needs to communicate to him that when you're at a convention, you are representing AEW. So always be respectful to the fans
1: who are our customers. Yeah, and also you just even even from his own benefit, it's like don't like you're in a position where they're put, they're putting you in a position, right? Which I'm not saying you don't deserve, right? Because you need to. No, be he, well, prepared. he doesn't deserve it. I, he's not a main event guy. Kenny is a second match guy. You know, but what I'm saying is like he's being put in a position, right, to to try something, right, to like give him a shot of some kind, and he owes it to them for them giving him that shot to for him to hold up his end of the bargain. And he's not doing that. But I mean, you look at Sammy Guevara, right? You can you can criticise that Sammy Guevara does crazy moves that don't really mean anything, but you can't deny that Sammy Guevara is very passionate about what he does. He's very passionate about wrestling. He's very passionate about putting on a performance for the fans, you know. And there was there was a video of like him. He had um, he had been driving in like in, in somewhere in America, and he'd been at like, the traffic lights or something, and some kid had seen him through the window and he pulled up after the traffic lights to get out of the car and take a photo with the kids and to, you know, do his part and kind of be like, you know, take the responsibility of what the job is. Jungle yeah. Boy doesn't do any of that. And to me, he needs to start doing that if he's got any hope of people getting behind him. Because eventually, if you're not really performing that great on TV and you're a dick at conventions, who's going to care about you?
0: Exactly. I mean, maybe it's part of this master plan to turn him heel which I've been proposing they should do for a very long time. And um, I think he actually might be all right as a heel and he needs to work on the personality, he needs to work on the promos. But I think as a villain, there is some potential in him as a face. He's reached his career ceiling. He's not going any further than this. I think he's a big zero as a personality, as a face, but yeah. as a villain, there might be something there.
1: It can't be any worse than than the baby face run. Um, well listen, that's that's all about that. Um obviously we've got a lot to talk about today, so we'll get this through as much as we can. Um probably won't have much time to talk about SmackDown, but I did want to just give props Finn, to Bad Bunny on SmackDown, who turned up with a WWF Attitude logoed racer jacket, which Live was not blurred out at all. And um but has been blurred out in subsequent viewings. I mean, imagine being the level of Bad Bunny where they have to just accept. The WWF logo on TV. <laughs> and all, for all these years, they've been blurring it, you know, at all points possible. Bad Bunny's such a big name and a big fan that he's just there representing, you know, the old logo of the time that he loved being a wrestling fan. So fair play to him. But um... Yeah, and, and, you know, and it proves
0: that it's genuine, it's authentic that he really is a fan. He really does like this. I mean, that's obvious from his performances and it's obvious from the way in which he's interacted with WWE. He's obviously really eager to do this. Um, But turning up with this like vintage piece of merchandise that probably cost him a fortune, actually it probably didn't cost him anything, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, it's the thing with these celebs who can afford it, often get these things for free. Maybe he's had it since he was a kid, I don't know. But I mean, um, you know, when you've got these, you know, authentic pieces of vintage merchandise, it's like, it just confirms everything that they've said about you, that you really do, you know, love this and you want to be a participant. And, you know, this is a dream come true for you. And that makes you root for him more, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, 100%. He's done really well. I was critical of him at the beginning at WrestleMania, the Tampa one, 37. And it was never into his athleticism. I just didn't think it was believable that in match one, he was doing Canadian Destroyers to people. But um, he's won me over. He's won me over, um, but yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about backlash. Let's dive at the show first of all. I mean, what did you think of the the crowd, the camera work, the aesthetic, the different set? It just felt like a different show than we usually get.
0: Oh yeah, I absolutely did, and um, I mean, it was. I mean, the only thing missing from this show, wasn't it? Wasn't it, you know, was the return of the shining stars. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they've actually now got full-time jobs working for the tourism um, board Damn. of Puerto Rico. But I mean, this here, I mean, talk about an advertisement for Puerto Rico. The whole way it was short and it just made it look stunning. Um, made it look like, you know, if you like summer vacations, this is the place to go. Um, and the venue, I thought the arena was tremendous venue. I mean, it looked um you know, really big. I mean really, kind of reminded me a bit of like the O2 in London, or maybe like MSG. It was that sort of layout. Mm-hmm. I thought the venue looked state of the art and you know the light shows and the fireworks and I mean it looked, I mean it was it was big time, wasn't it? I mean WWE does these things as good as anyone, as in entertainment, as en- as good as any company in entertainment. And this was just so well produced. And um you know, let's before we even get to the matches, Kenny, let's just say a big thank you to that crowd. I mean that's I'm not saying it's the crowd of the year, but not far, but probably close. I mean it may I mean, it may it may be the crowd of the year though.
1: It may it, it may be because I mean,
0: we've had some good crowds this year, but I mean I mean it was a great crowd in Montreal. I mean it's gonna be oh, yeah. hard to
1: top that one. But, but then I think the difference maybe the reason I would give this Crowd the nod over Montreal was because Montreal were really loud for the big match at the end. Yeah. Whereas this crowd, I mean, we'll get to Savio Vega, obviously, but I mean, this crowd just gave gave you everything. I mean, I know they've not had a, they've not had a big show in eighteen years, but yeah, they just they it, it was it was a joy to watch. It was. I mean,
0: Bianca Belair versus Io Sky. I mean, because of the crowd. This felt like Bianca's best match ever. And certainly, you know, EO's best match on the main roster. And, you know, they reacted to the support that they received from the audience, particularly EO and the crowd are chanting, let's go EO. And, you know, they they weren't booing Bianca that loudly. But, I mean, EO Sky was definitely the favourite of the audience. And they had had a hell of a match, didn't they? I mean, it was just massively exceeded... Any expectations? I think anyone could have had for this opener. I mean, it was—I'm not saying it was a match of the night, but maybe number two, number three match, number three match of the night. I mean, it was—I was just blown away
1: by this by this it opener. It was incredible. guy you know what a match. I mean, the, the comparison I have, and I'm not saying it's the same thing. Finn, before you pelt me here, but go with go with my comparison here to to see it through. It reminded me on a much smaller scale of like the Rock and Hogan dynamic. At WrestleMania 18 from the perspective of people like The Rock, like they liked Bianca, but they just liked EO a lot more, like Toronto, liked Hogan a lot more. And at the end, when Rock won at 18, the crowd cheered. At the end here, when Bianca won, they cheered once she won, but they didn't want her to win, just like Toronto wanted Hogan to win. So, and obviously that's a way bigger example, but like that, it kind of reminded me of that dynamic a little bit of you know, the crowd on this night, they just wanted EO Sky to win, and that was it. There was no... No ifs ands or buts about it, and Io Sky just put in the performance of her career here. In terms of, obviously, she had great matches in NXT. She's had great matches in Japan, but like this was the match that was going to count when this crowd got as up for it as they were, and they really like, over delivered. I would, I would agree with you. I think.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, you're right. At the end, Belair retained, and she wasn't booed out of the building. It wasn't like you know Dominic Mysterio response or anything um so even though the fans didn't um get the result they wanted from this match i think they still respected the fact that this match was really well done and bianca for the first time i don't in, i don't know how long it is i, I mean this was i think it was bianca's best match on the main roster and um it was so heartening to see her in a match that mattered and that over delivered and you know, she looked like she wanted to do this thing. And she, To me, she's just looked bored for so long. And, um, yeah, this was um, a revelation, this match. It really was. Uh,
1: Bianca did end up retaining. Yeah, the, when, when Bianca was out in the KOD, the crowd did boo. But once she'd won and they, they just accepted it, they were very, very, they were a happy crowd um, that they'd seen that match. And, yeah, it just, it was a, a great opener, great opener. Yeah. Uh, we um, then had a footage of Bad Bunny backstage. We didn't hear the conversation, but we saw him with Rey Mysterio. Then we saw him with Savio Vega, who gave him a kendo stick with a flag of Puerto Rico design on it. So all the support was being shown to Bad Bunny for later on. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, did your heart sink at that moment, Kenny? <laughs> do you know what? I, I, even I, at this point, thought, do you know what? It's a good wee cameo backstage. You know, it's a good wee, you know, if you're ever going to use Savio, this is the time to to do a wee backstage. But I, I mean, I never thought in a, in a million years that he would make an appearance later. I yeah. thought this was it. I thought this was like a wee a wee nod to him, and and then we'd move on. But um, I mean, he did not look that much different, did he? No, he did. He, I mean, he, yeah, he he looks he he looks a lot more like Savio Vega than older wrestlers tend to look like their younger versions. Um, when you think that when he was at his peak in WWF in like
0: '95 he was already a veteran he'd been like TNT and um uh, you know World Wrestling Council so he'd been like a, he was like a veteran before WWF signed him 20 what would it have been 28 years ago maybe more mm-hmm. I think, did he join i think he came in in '95 i believe 95, it was '95
1: yeah it was late '95 yeah
0: so um but yeah, that was that was uh, quite something to see Savio backstage and everyone knew who he was. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people watching on the network and on Peacock had no clue who he was, but everyone in that arena knew who he was. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, sometimes, I mean, I guess we obviously remember him because we we're old enough to remember him. But even if you're younger, I feel like you kind of, you can just get on board. I mean, not with us, but with later on, you can just get on board when you hear a hot crowd about something you just kind of go with it. So um, we then, for the second match of the night, had Seth Rollins against Omas. And um, who knew that Seth could get this out of Omas? This was a a triumph for Seth Rollins of what he got out of Omas here. Very different to what Brock got out of him at WrestleMania. What did you think of it?
0: Yeah, very different match to the Lesnar match. I thought it would be. Um, I mean, it was done, you know, classic big man, little man style. Seth Rollins is, you know, top five worker in the world. I mean, this has been obvious now for many years, and he proved it here. Um, I mean, Rollins was there just... Selling for Omas, taking all the bumps. Omas was in control. He was the giant. And it was a desperation. Rollins attacking Omas' legs and, you know, took him down with a DDT Then hit a frog splash. But Rollins was stunned because Omas was still too strong, you know, and he kicked out on one. Um, uh, Omas also uh, blocked the stomp when uh, Rollins went for that. I've never seen anyone do that before. I've never seen that type of block on the stomp before. So I thought that was really well done. Uh hit back with a choke slam for a two count. Omas did on Rollins. Um almost then kicked out of uh kicked out of two stomps. And Rollins finally scored the pin with a stomp from the top rope. Uh so that would be the third stomp in total. But I thought it was really well done. It was very well laid out. I thought Omas was protected, even though he was beaten. And I thought Rollins just, you know, just worked magic in there with him. Um, But I had absolutely every faith in Rollins because, as I said, I just think the guy is so good. He knows exactly what to do. He never does anything that's not required in a match. There's never anything excessive. Uh, It's always very economical, the way it's all laid out and put together. He knows exactly how to do it. I mean, Rollins is a guy who just never blows anything. You know, he never blows spots in matches. You know, he's just, everything just looks, there's no botches. It's all always just spot on. Makes
1: it look very easy when it's yeah, anything absolutely. but. Yeah, This, this was tremendous. I, I I didn't think they could get this match at OMAS but they did. I did say to Sondra, if it was me booking, I think Omas's long-term value would be in a tag team because I think as a singles, you know, you can't really do too much more with him because he's, you know, you can only do these kind of big one-off matches so many times and he's not believable at winning them. So I think a team with somebody would be pretty good, but I don't know who that would be. Um, Oh, yeah. I
0: mean, after two straight losses on premium live events, you can't really present him as a killer anymore. Um, But I think he will have, you know, won over a lot of people backstage who maybe didn't think that he deserved the push that he's had with this performance here. Um, You know, just being in the right place and just timing everything right. I mean, Rollins, of course, was leading it, but I mean, let's give Rollins some credit here for... For just doing everything right. You know, it was quite, I'll say a massively complicated match. It was quite a simple match, really. But I mean, he did everything he was supposed to do, played his part beautifully. Um, I mean, he needs he needs to be in a faction with MVP. But I mean, to me, you can't really bring the hurt business back now because Bobby's not going to be in it. Bobby Lashley's not going to be in it. Um, and, um, you know, Cedric Alexander and Sean Benjamin. There's just too been too many false starts. The, you know hopes have been dashed on these two guys far too often for us to believe that they're ever going to be a force in WWE again. If I were WWE, I'd basically wait until Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were ready to come up. Maybe just send MVP and Omas away for a while. Maybe even send them down to NXT. You know, maybe they could do something together there. Omas, MVP, and Carmelo, and uh, Trick. I know Carmelo's turned face, so that might be tricky. But, I mean, I don't see what Olmas really does on the main roster on his own at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, so then after that, we had the triple threat match with Austin Theory defending his US title against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. I mean, this was probably the most forgettable match of the show. But, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just was, you know, everything else kind of had a little bit more sizzle to it. For certain reasons, but um, Austin Theory ended up stealing the win in the end when Lashley went for the Lashley had the spear on Bronson Reed and then Austin Theory threw Lashley out and stole the pin. Uh, what did you make of this match? Was it the right decision for Austin Theory to retain? And did you like him retaining with the stolen pinfall?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Theory. Um, I'm glad he's still U.S. champion. I think he. I don't think he's going to be. In the final of this world title tournament, I think he will continue as US champion, which is the right role for him. Um, I thought Bronson Reed did well here. Um, they need to find out, with Bronson Reed, they need to um, develop the character. We still don't really know who he is. I mean, he's done well in the ring and everything he's done, apart from that one week when he blew up in the, uh, when he was having that big scrap with Bobby Lashley, which we talked about at the time. Um, so I thought he did well here. Um and Bobby Lashley was just he was just getting this over with, wasn't he? I mean, this is going to be the last match between Lashley and Theory, surely. I mean, they've been wrestling now since what, October, maybe? It's quite a while, isn't it, on and off that Lashley and Theory have been uh, have been wrestling. Um so you know, Reed hit the tsunami on Lashley, um, Theory made the save for Lashley. Um Reed then Mr. Moonsault, that was amazing. Mister mr. Moonsault on Theory. Uh Lashley then smashed Reed with a spear and Theory held Lashley out of the ring and pinned Reed. So yeah, it was kind of one of those stolen pins, but the right outcome, right outcome, I think, for Theory to retain. And sorry, Bronson Reed, but if anyone was going to do the job in this match, it was going to be you, not Bobby Lashley. You're, he's too important. He's going to be wrestling Roman Reigns later in the year. We know that, don't we, Kenny?
1: yeah Uh So, yeah, it it made sense. I mean, you couldn't... I know some people would probably be frustrated that Bronson Reed took the pinfall here, but if Theory's keeping the belt, Lashley should not have been taking the pin here. So, yeah, um, it was the necessary evil. Um, Then we had the SmackDown Women's title match with Rhea Ripley taking on Zelina Vega. You know, very emotional here for the Puerto Rican fans. Zelina having the big kind of cape that was the Puerto Rican flag. She was in tears. She's dedicating the match to her dad, who obviously was... Uh, part of the victims who tragically died in 9-11. Um, so, I mean, the the, the Zelina is going to remember this for the rest of her life, this kind of moment, this match that she had. I don't think they quite got us to a point where we believed Zelina was going to win in the match, but I think they got closer than I maybe thought they were going to. What did you think?
0: Um, I mean, I don't think anyone believed for a moment that she was going to win. I mean, the Meteora... Um, was really well timed, and that was the closest she came to pinning Ripley, who staggered around afterwards. I really like the way that Ripley sells after she takes a big move. And um, she really just maybe she'd be watching that Kenta Kabashi and Steve Williams match and is trying to emulate that, but she staggers around all over the place and really, you know, sells that, you know, vulnerability and pain and disorientation. Um, and she came back from that and hit the riptide from out of nowhere for the pin I thought it was really well done for what it was I don't think Ripley should have sold any more than she did Um, she because of the size difference and because she's the champ she had to dominate the match which she did and you know Vega was the plucky courageous baby face you know who kept trying to you know knock the uh, big oak tree down and eventually did so kind of a similar sort of Matched to Rollins versus Omas, only the babyface didn't win this one. So, yeah, I, I, I thought this was, this timed really well. I mean, it'd be the easiest thing in the world for it to have gone longer and for Vega to have registered more near falls. But I think that would have been harmful to Ripley. And, you know, Vega was in this position here because backlash was held in Puerto Rico. You know, everyone knows that. And um, it was a nice little heartwarming Feel good story for her, even though she didn't win. And she uh, got a tremendous response afterwards. And you're right, Kenny, I'm sure this will be the most, you know, one of the highlights of a life and pro- possibly the highlight of a career.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I, sometimes we're guilty of dismissing something because it's not for us. But I think that, you know, that for Puerto Rico, that was a great moment. And I think that it really worked on the night. Um and with Zelina, I think I I, I was happy for her. It's happy that she got that moment. Um definitely. And and she I thought she did well in the ring. I mean, Zelina
0: Vega is she's had some decent performances. I actually thought she did well in the Raw Rumble this year. Um, but she's been hit and miss. She has been inconsistent in the ring. Um, so I mean this is huge for her to receive this title match on you know a major event. I thought she I thought she really held up her end of the bargain and she didn't look lost. She didn't look in over her head. I thought she, you know, she really gave a good account of herself there and looked like a, I wouldn't say a formidable challenger, but a worthy challenger. She didn't look like she was, didn't look like this was a charity booking. You know what I mean? Or a charity title shot. This was something it looked like when she was in there against Ripley, she deserved to be there.
1: Um. But, yeah, and, and I think also the finish, which I know some people were like, oh, that was quite abrupt, but that was the story of the match. You know, Vega didn't yeah. have a chance. She was getting in here to try and do the unthinkable, and as soon as Rhea hit the riptide, that was it. You know, that kind of that made sense as the finish. So she got a big reaction afterwards, got to, you know, uh, blow a kiss to her family and sort of take in the applause. So good for yeah. her.
0: They were shown on camera as she made her way to the ring. So, I mean, it was obviously a big deal for them as well.
1: Uh, then it was the match that everyone's talking about. Bad Bunny taking on Damien Priest in the San Juan street fight. Um, Bad Bunny, I mean, I thought the camera work when they brought Bad Bunny out and shot him from behind, they had the drone, just excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, Damien Priest dressed all in white. And, you know, they had this kind of sports entertainment style street fight with lots yeah. of bells and whistles. Um, before we get into the cameos and the, the run-ins, what did you make of the match generally And Bad Bunny and Priest's performances?
0: Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really well done. Um, I mean, it was a long match. You couldn't have done a match this long anywhere else because I think people would have just got bored with it. But <laughs> Bad Bunny was so over and Priest was as well. Um, it worked, and uh, there was all the extras, and they were given plenty of time, weren't they? All the you know the add-ons, all the you know <laughs> supporting players. None of that was rushed. That, they were all given plenty of time to work with. You know, just no appearance by the shining stars, though, Kenny. I mean, Primo and Epico. You know, I was rooting for your lads. <laughs> you know, I wanted you to get this gig, and instead, it was Carlito who got it. So I'm at least. Carlito got a gig up, and He never gets any older, does he? There's another one.
1: Well, just, we, so we, we were watching, we had a few people around we were watching the show and when Carlito's music hit, the crowd were so loud that we in the room couldn't make out the music of who it was. So it was, we only noticed when, it, when Carlito actually, when we saw him. I mean, he looks in tremendous shape. Better shape than he looked in when he was in WWE. Yeah. And, and you know, the crowd just went mental for him. Um, he looked great. Uh I thought Dominic's cell of the, the apple to the face was just top tier. You know, he saw that like he'd just been shot. I mean it was great. Um you've got Ray out there, you know, in and, and the numbers game is there. And then I never thought in my lifetime, Finn, I would hear the Los Barriquas theme song again, Blair in an arena. Yeah. And out comes Savio Vega. And while he does resemble it's the way it used Dominic to go, and Finn Balor are attempting to leave, isn't it? Yes, because Dominic and yeah. Finn Balor had come out first, and then that was the numbers game on on Bad Bunny. Then Ray came out, and then it was still too many. Then Carlito came out. Yeah, so Carlito and Ray are basically trying to get to Ballard and uh, to 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 Ballard and Dom, but they're backtracking. And then we hear the Briscoes music, and Savio Vega came out looking like. A dad who's selling fish at a market is the way that I would describe his demeanor. He walks out with no real urgency to him, but no. he's soaking in this applause. And it was so nuts that I did tweet out Dear Savio, always forgiven. That was great because it was so much fun to see it happen. And the crowd loved it. And then, of course, these poor LWO members who have to follow him—who's the who knew that following Savio Vega would be a tough gig? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what world do we living in? Uh, this so, is
0: this is that everyone had the nostalgia goggles on, didn't they? This they is did. nostalgia does strange things to people, Kenny.
1: And I, 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 I made a prediction. Actually, I am convinced now that next year at WrestleMania we will get Savio Vega in the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh yes, I'm sure. I'm gonna sure. Happen. Yeah, maybe oh. Bad Bunny will induct him.
1: Yeah, it would make sense. Um, yeah, maybe he'll do it, and that'll be a great publicity for WWE. We we know they love that. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you though, because obviously you know Savio was was purely nostalgia. That was it. He was out there for the nostalgia pop. People are saying Carlito looked good. Do you think he looked good enough for WWE to take a look at him in some way, or do you think it's purely nostalgia for Carlito?
0: Well, he returned at uh, Raw Rumble a couple of years ago, didn't he?
1: Yes. Also, got a very good reaction then. I should yeah, he did. He did really well then.
0: I think did he appear on Raw as well? He had a match on Raw, didn't he? After the yes,
1: Rumble? I think he did.
0: I mean, he was in amazing shape there, and I thought, is he going to return? And he didn't. And he had a really bad experience in WWE, Carlito. Mm-hmm. Um He just felt like he was let down really badly by the company, and they weren't totally truthful with him and promises were not kept. So I mean the answer is yeah, I think he he is in good enough shape to return, but I don't think he's got any intention or desire to return to that life and to that world. Um I just don't think he he could he would put himself through it. There was that famous line wasn't there of the 2014 uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. And he actually said it on the air. Because they were out to did they induct a Carlos cologne there. I think they did, didn't they, in twenty fourteen? Yeah. And they came out, and uh, Carlos just said on the air that they've cut our time. (laughs) Send out the colognes. I remember covering it in Power Slam at the time, and you could tell that Carlos is just like, nothing's changed since when I was here, like, years ago. It's like, you know, we're just getting the short end of the stick every time. If someone's time is going to be cut on their promo or speech, even at the Hall of Fame ceremony, it's gonna be ours. And we're just gonna be treated like, you know, second class citizens, basically. So I don't think he's got any desire to return. I think it's a shame because I think he would do well. Um and I think he's definitely got the talent to do it. And it's very possible that he would he would succeed and it would wipe away those bad memories, bad memories he has from his You know, previous run there back in the day. Um, Mm. I I don't think so. And I think it's very difficult as well to go back on the road full time with WWE and uproot yourself from your life and just, you know, going back to that schedule. I think it's a real shock to the system. So if he was going to do it, I think he would have done it by now.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think he would, I think if if he wanted to do it, the offer would be there. But, you know, maybe he just thinks. Is it gonna get any better than what I just did? <laughs> no, is I don't think to... so. uh, th- yeah, the answer to that's probably no. Um in the end, but, Bad Bunny uh, I, gets the
0: Yeah. Can I just say I thought Priest was great in this match? I thought he sold so much for Bad Bunny. Um and there was the Kendall sticks, there was you know all sorts of um um props involved. They did a big stunt off an equipment case onto a load of padding. Um Priest um sold his left leg. Uh, when it was rammed into the uh, ring post and Bunny used a chair on Priest's leg uh, Bunny then, you know, used a low blow you know, because Priest had been doing all these dastardly things so it was it was poetic justice it was fair, you know, fair game it was acceptable it was, you know, he deserved it when he turned the tables on Priest by using the low blow so I thought the match was really well put together it didn't look like Bunny blew up at all and he wasn't rushing everything, anything at all he was like, he looked like an old pro, didn't he? You know, with his selling and everything. And I think Priest did an amazing job here. I'm sure he was, everyone was slapping on slapping him on the back when he uh, reached the backstage area. Because um, he just, I thought he did a really good job here in what was a long match with lots to remember mm-hmm. before, you know, the procession of runnings began. And, you know, that to me was the icing on the cake, the, the run-ins, that was really good. Um And in the end, um, Bunny used a Canadian Destroyer for the 1-2-3. And Vega, Carlito and the LWO congratulated Bunny and raised him up on their shoulders. Uh, Huge cheers for Bunny. And I thought Priest did a really good job selling the significance of the loss at ringside afterwards as well. So, yeah, this was was an amazing match. I mean, it was the best match of the night, let's be honest. Um, And everything sort of just worked, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. The only thing I would change, if I was nitpicking and change something, is I, I would have almost had the LWO come out first to to try and take out Ballard and and uh, Dom, and then have Carlito and will be you know have them be the the, the next ones. Because by the time the LWO came out, the crowd were you know they had nothing left to give for a reaction. Um, but. I mean, still, those two reactions were so great. And th- all the bells and whistles made sense. You know, it's like they-, they gave you just enough that the crowd wanted. They didn't go overboard. Um, And Bunny does his Canadian destroyer to get the win in the end. So, yeah, excellent match. And, uh, you know, give Bad Bunny what he wants to come in a couple of times a year and do this. Because it just, it works. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, he's... Those- He's, he's going out with a Kardashian. He's won Grammys. He's one of the biggest recording artists in the world. He's just been at the Met Gala and he's coming out here and doing this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> geez, oh, I'm just, I'm knackered just thinking about it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's also in, I've just started watching
0: season three of Narcos Mexico. He's in that as well. I mean, I realized this came out last year on Netflix. I'm finally getting you know, around to watching it, but he's, uh, I think I'm not sure if that was his acting debut or not, but he's in that series. I haven't reached that episode yet, but I'm looking forward to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had the six man tag, which was uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Matt Riddle against the Usos and Solo Sokoa. The story of this match was, of course, would Solo be on the same page with the Usos? And throughout the match, that obviously kind of uh, fell apart a little bit for them with Solo almost giving J. so the, the Samoan spike, but eventually not doing it. Um, Tough fight to follow for these guys after the the street fight. How did they do?
0: Yeah, they they were in the uh, they were in like the death spot, weren't they? They the were diva the, spot. Yeah, <laughs> it used to it be the spot that the women are always in on Dynamite each week. So I mean, you know, it was uh, yeah, they, it was quite funny really. See these six huge stars just like, Ugh, you know, a bit thinking, oh, you know, they probably looked at the board backstage like. Oh no! So, <laughs> this isn't going to be memorable. This isn't going to be a match that anyone's going to be talking about. You know, when the show ends. And um, so there was like, we want Roman Chance. That was quite amusing. And uh, the Bullseye, like, he's not here. And um, I mean, Zayn and Owens' and riddle were just sort of there as window dressing, really, for the, uh, you know, for for the Jimmy and Jane solo drama, weren't they? They were just sort of extras to that. Um, and so Lord said, prior to the show, I'm going to do... Or prior to the match, rather, I'm going to do... Actually, no, he said it on SmackDown. I'm going to do my uh, job in the match at Backlash. You two better do yours. So that's the younger brother telling the older twins, you know, get your act together, lads. It's not good enough. So, I mean, Jimmy and Jay were upset about that because they're the senior members of the bloodline. And Solo's like, overtaken them. You know, he's backing out the orders now. So that's not going down well. Um, and so that was the whole story of the match, was that Jimmy and Jay couldn't get the job done. So Solo had to keep entering the ring to help them out because they were no match for Zayn and Owens and Riddle. Um, and in the end, uh, yeah, as you said, Solo almost gave Jay the small spike at one point. There was a big fallout there. And in the end, of course, it was Sokoa who scored the pin, naturally, uh, and he pin riddle uh, after the Samoan spike. So, uh, to me, it was more of a story progression match rather than a match that was designed to deliver a lot of action. And I think after everything we just seen in the uh, in the street fight, we sort of needed a rest, didn't we, Kenny? You know, the audience just, you know, needed something to just like, you know. We're just like, can we just have a sit down now you mm-hmm. know, before the main event comes on? So, And I think it, I think it, it did its
1: job well there. They uh, did a good job. Imagine, he, he put a good shift in.
0: Yeah, I can't chef. imagine any egos were bruised because all these guys have had glory moments over the last six, seven months in WWE. Well, apart from Riddle. Uh, <laughs> but there again, most of that's his own fault. Uh, the other five certainly have. Uh, And I think they were happy to take or maybe you weren't happy, but I'm sure they were content to take a backseat to Bad Bunny and Damian Priest on the show.
1: Uh, We did find out, thank God Finn, that Roman Reigns will be making his return this Friday on SmackDown and he will be wrestling Night of Champions. So finally this story can hopefully I mean, it's hard to believe that what they're going to do next is going to feel like a good progression of story from WrestleMania, but at least he's back, and they're going to be doing something. We'll see what it is.
0: Yes, yes, we will see. I mean, it's it looks like it, it's going to be Roman and Solo. We're going to have problems with Jimmy and Jay, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, they're going to need they're going to need something big to top what they did last year. And I'm not sure if they're going to be able to top what they did last year. But they're going to have to really go some. And I think they're all aware that you know we we reached this amazing peak at WrestleMania and Elimination Chamber was really big as well. And obviously, it was a massive angle to close Raw Rumble. You know, what have they got in reserve to follow that? For, for you know, it's not an encore because they've already done maybe you know many thing calls to Rumble and everything. Uh, that's a bad uh, analogy, but you know what I mean. They've they've already done so many big things. What what do they have in reserve that can? come close to equaling what they've already done this year and that's going to be tricky and that is the problem when you reach that peak it's like how how do you keep how do you sustain it or how do you top it and if you don't if what you do next is not as good it feels like the axe sort of losing momentum doesn't it and that's not what you want from the bloodline right now
1: Uh, well hopefully they will be able to reignite the flames of of what made this a, a great storyline last year going into WrestleMania. But uh, with the SmackDown roster, I, my hopes are not high. But we'll see. You never know. We've been we've been we've underestimated before Finn and been pleasantly surprised. Yes. Um. The main event is Brock Lesnar taking on Cody Rhodes. Cody was so mad about the attack from Brock that he ended up flying through the ring doing a suicide die before Brock could even start the match. And this led us to a nine and a half minute match, which saw Cody get the win in the end when he um, was in the Kimura lock and ended up uh, rolling over so that Brock's shoulders were on the ground while he was still in the Kimura lock. One, two, three, Cody gets the win. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on the match, Cody's victory and the way in which he won. Did it feel satisfying as the first part of their story? Um. Well, not really, but it wasn't supposed to, was it? It was supposed to lead to
0: what happened on Raw two nights later and it did that very successfully so again this was more this wasn't like a culmination match was it this was like you know a match that was going to take you to something bigger hopefully in future presumably and well at Night of Champions we know they're going to wrestle at Night of Champions because um the challenge was issued and accepted on Raw um I mean Brock Lesnar was cut open um that looked hard to me. I don't think that was a blade job. It was deliberate. They reckon it was deliberate. It looked deliberate to me. He ran himself head first into the exposed turnbuckle. And what a cut that left. So blood everywhere on that one. Um, I thought that added to the match. Um, I was hoping it would last longer. I mean, it was to me, it was a mild disappointment as a main event. And I'm not as... Bothered by that now, having seen what happened on Raw, as I was on the night, um because I now understand why they didn't deliver more than they did. You know, it didn't really feel like a WrestleMania match, did it? With all the multiple F fives and all the mega kickouts, did it, Kenny? You know, it was just, it was just this kind of this fluke pin, as yeah. you said. Lesnar applied the Kimura on Rhodes, and then Rhodes countered into a pin, and then scampered out of the ring, and uh, Lesnar was there like you know, what's just happened. It wasn't like this decisive victory that, you know, one would have wanted from Cody if this were the last match of the feud, was it? It was yeah. more of a, you know.
1: Well, also, I, I saw some people kind of uh, kind of thinking, well, you know, Cody ran away after the match and does that really befit him as a winner? And it's like, but doesn't in the story that make sense that Cody knows that Brock would be pissed so he gets out of Dodge selling his arm? I mean, what's he got to prove? He just got the win. And um, yeah, I think I mean, had this been the match and there was no follow up, I think that it would be a very different conversation. But yeah. I think for what they followed up with, it all made sense. I liked it. Um, Brock with with the bloodied face looked really good. Um, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll probably get to his raw stuff on Thursday, but um, with his face, but yeah, I thought in the end, I thought it was it was pretty decent. Um, it's not. We're, I feel like if, by the end of this year, if there's a Cody Brock match that we're going to remember, it's not this one.
0: No, it'll
1: be either the one Night of Champions, or if they do a third one, it'll be that one. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, as a show, I thought Backlash was excellent. Really? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah,
0: it was. There wasn't, there wasn't anything on it that didn't deliver on some level. And I think, I think everything had its role. And, you know, this is the trick to arranging a wrestling show. You don't send everyone out there to burn the crowd, to do everything they can and burn the crowd out. Everyone has their role and everyone, you know, has a purpose. And, um, you know, you're doing this type of match here because if you, so you don't tread on the toes of the people who are doing this match next. And, you know, I think, I thought the arrangement of everything was really well done. I mean, in some ways, maybe Bad Bunny and Damien Priest should have gone on last. I think I probably should have closed the show. That's the only thing I would have changed.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I agree. I think Rhodes and Lesnar would have it would, and, and that actually would have worked better for Sami Zayn, Kevin uh, Owens, Matt Riddle, Jimmy and Jane Solo as well. Had Rhodes and Brock Lesnar gone on before them, and then Damien Priest and Bad Bunny had gone on last, I think that would have worked better had they arranged it that way. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why they didn't put those two on last. Actually, maybe he figured there might be a backlash from the fans if they didn't put two WWE stars on in the main event. Maybe that was the reason. I don't know. But that's the only thing I would have changed about it. It's just transposing those two matches.
1: Well, listen, uh, we will leave it there and we'll come back on Thursday for Power Slam. We'll talk about Raw then and whatever other news that is going on. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, I, think, I think that we will... I mean, we'll always have more to talk about. Maybe Jungle Boy will will have become a babyface by the time we speak on Thursday. Probably <laughs> not. Probably not. Well, hopefully a heel. That's what I
0: want from him. You know, he doesn't really seem like a babyface to me.
1: No. I mean, we, when you're at a stage where Bully Ray seems a bit more likeable, you know you're in a bad way. Oh. Um, but yeah, we, we show, uh, we'll chat about uh, AEW stuff and whatever the news is and Raw on Thursday. So uh, before that, um, the Ropes magazine.com is where you can... Uh, well, you can't pre-order the new issue just yet. You'll be able to do that soon. But in the next issue, there's going to be some great stuff in there. You, you've got that. There's a, an amazing uh, Gunther feature from Finn. I've got an interview with Dominic Mysterio in there. Lots and lots of stuff. So I hope that you will check it out, Inside the Um And Patreon is the best way, best way you can directly support us. Uh, Finn's got a what else is going down up there with exclusive stuff that you don't get in the mag. Uh, that comes out every month, so the the newest ones up there now, and the backlash 2003 review that Finn and Son and I recorded recently will go up tomorrow, because uh, we've had a bit of a backlog of the retro stuff, but that'll begin up tomorrow. So content going up every day, so yes, check it out. But Finn, forty hours feels like too long to wait to speak to you, but I'm gonna have to just bear it out.
0: Oh, I actually, Kenny, we may have to. Sorry, we may have to record on Friday this week because I'm afraid um, the deadline. For the magazine for what's going down is on Thursday. So that's a bit of a full day job. Sorry, Great. I shouldn't have mentioned this too. No, no that's we, fine. We, fine. We, yeah. So we I think we're probably gonna be recording on Friday. So that's yeah, all that's right. yeah we'll, we'll Friday morning.
1: Friday morning. Friday morning. We're gonna record then. Um with all the news that's that's, that's out, raw, we'll talk about everything else. And uh, that'll allow Finn to to get that get that deadline in and make sure that you all have uh the high quality magazine content that you all look for each month so oh, yes, yes. It's, well, course, it's a, so. It's, now i've got 72 hours to wait to speak to you fan this is torture sorry kenny yeah now what's going down
0: if you look at that two pages in the in the uh, magazine that's that's a full day job to do and when it, when i say full day a full day for f martin's a 12-hour day that's a full day not an eight-hour day so you that's know. how long i need so sorry no interruptions i'm afraid but we will be back friday morning to record
1: we will be we'll be back friday and I'll just need to sit and you know maybe listen to some classic Finn episodes to get me to do it before then. But um, yeah, want to thank you for all your support, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon.